There's a monumental shift in power at work. Employees are speaking up, turnover is rising, salaries are increasing, hiring is tough, and burnout is real. It's time to unleash growth. It's time to transform your HR from powerless to powerful. Join ADP on February the 23rd. Reserve your spot now. Go to gettheplan.adp.com to register for the Work Interrupted Summit. Welcome to episode 37 of the Prosperity on Air podcast. I'm your host, Paola Devescovi, and today we're going to have a very interesting conversation with my guest. When we recorded this episode, we were in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. There was a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know and we don't know yet how things are going to change and uh, hence the the title that uh, actually my guest suggested for for this episode no more business as usual so lots of changes are going to happen we are all forced to rethink about the way we are living the lifestyle we have the way we do business and how we run our business the the, the business models that we have cho- that we have chosen um and even if we are if we have a very successful formula we are maybe required to change the way we do things completely so i'm very happy to have here with me today in for this episode Damien O'Farrell. Uh, he's uh, uh, an entrepreneur, he's a global mobility specialist, an expert coach with many years of experience. He offers global mobility programs to assist C-suite executives, VIP talent and individuals relocating to Italy. Not only, in addition to this, he also provides cutting-edge spousal support, expert coaching and entrepreneur mentoring with the focus on building and growing a successful business. I can tell you the episode is very interesting. We have really explored uh, the the changes, the challenges, uh, the uh, situations uh, that we are experiencing today, the importance also to get in touch with your own emotions, understanding that fear, anxiety and panic are normal. Uh, however, we also have to be able to overcome them and there is only one way to do that, as you will hear in this episode. So I don't want to say too much about it. So without any further ado, let's listen to the conversation I had with David.
So hi, Damien. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you, Paula, for having me. So uh, as, as you know, as I told you, I have already uh, said something about you uh, in, uh, in the intro. Uh, but, you know, I would like you to tell in your own words, you know, what, what you do, what your business is about and what you know whatever you you think it's important to let our audience know a little bit more about yourself sure well i work in the field of global mobility and that means the moving of people around the world okay um i work with people directly in italy uh corporate and individuals who are moving to italy but also through a very vast network of partners that I have. I can also assist people who are moving to other countries. Um, I'm sort of the quintessential one stop in that I also couple my global mobility services with some expat coaching. And that basically is assisting people adjust to life in Italy um, getting their train on the track, so to speak, if they want to uh, start a business, uh, because it's a very different market from other markets uh, that they may be used to. So I basically do everything for them from A to Z, okay, including the relocation, the immigration, and if needed, also some uh, coaching assistance. While you were speaking, you know, two words um, appeared in my, in my mind. I visualized mm -hmm. these two words. And one is, you know, uh, the ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. And the other one is change. Mm -hmm. And I think that these are two words that you know, are key words also um, in the situation where, that we are currently uh, experiencing, mm -hmm. where, you know, companies and individuals in a way have been forced to uh, look inside themselves or look about their companies and their processes and the services and products that they are delivering and offering and make changes and adapt to a new situation. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? And, and I'm sure that also you have to, you had to adapt and change in this uh, COVID times. Yes. Well, I agree completely. And I think, um, when the last time we spoke, I kind of describe it as uh, no more business as usual, okay? Um, I think that what you said is absolutely correct in that COVID has forced companies and individuals to look at their model. I would add that it has been going on a little bit even longer than that, okay? I think it's basically been going on since the internet started, okay? That kind of leveled the playing field for everybody, okay? Um, in the sense that, you know, if you, just to give you a, you know, a humorous example, but, you know, back in the 90s, early 90s, mid 90s, if you did a workshop and only four people turned up, nobody would really know, 
okay? Now you've got everybody with a smartphone, so they take pictures. And so everything is online, okay? Which means that you have a lot more competition, so to speak, okay? Or people believing that they can do what you do. So I think even just the expression, no more business as usual, frightens a lot of people, okay? Because it takes them out of a comfort zone. Because we are comfortable with what we do, what we know how to do. But then sometimes what has to happen is we have to pivot, we have to change, and we have to adapt. And for a lot of people, that brings up a lot of fear and panic, which I think is okay. I mean, I think you can recognize that without feeling that you're weakened. Actually, I don't know if you agree with me, but I would say it brings out a certain strength in you when you can acknowledge uh, emotions like fear and panic. I think that I agree with you. And these are human emotions. And it is normal to feel fearful or to panic when we are, you know, dealing or facing a situation that is totally new to us and that we are not prepared for, like what happened now with COVID. I mean, we were, the country, the world was not prepared to, you know, be locked down <laughs> for, for 10 weeks, I think. It's for us. It's been for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has been totally new. And it, you know, forced us also to behave in a different way, wear masks. And I was joking with a friend today. I think that you know, we have to think of masks as a new accessory that we will have to carry with us, always with us from now on. So when there is something totally new that we are not prepared of, uh, we are not prepared about, I think it's normal to be fearful. Uh, and we are not out of it. Initially, initially. Then, of course, you have to, you know... Uh, come to terms with your emotions, express your emotions, and, uh, and move on. And we're still not out of it. I mean, no, this is something we are living with at the moment. I think the good news is that if you look at this from a certain point of view, once you've acknowledged the fear and the panic, then I think it's time to start looking at what you can do. And I think one of the things you really can double down on is your integrity, how you show up, okay? Um, I think it says a lot about companies and people in this period, um, how they treat their clients, their employees, uh, their vendors, and anybody else that they come into contact with, okay? I think this is a calling card that has incredible value, okay? Um, A lot of people just, they don't show up, believe it or not, okay? Um, Sometimes I've gotten business 
simply because I was the person that replied to an email. Okay, now you might say, but everybody does that. No, they don't. Okay, there's little follow through. Okay, so I think that particularly now, if you want to stand out in the marketplace, a lot will come down to, do you show up? Okay, are you somebody that can be depended on? Um, opportunities. As you know, in this incredible situation, companies like Netflix, Slack, Zoom, they have become even more successful, okay? I think also because of COVID-19, I think even Jeff Bezos at Amazon will become the world's first trillionaire, okay? So it hasn't been, you know, negative and terrible for everybody. It always happened in times of crisis. There's always been Mm -hmm. somebody who thrived, In fact, I was just reading that there has been a large increase, something like 70% in skincare products because people are doing Zoom meetings and they want to look their best, okay? So who would have thought that in this crisis, one of the things that would fly off the shelf would be skincare products, okay? So I think that this is giving us an opportunity to look for opportunities, okay? Um, The sad fact is a lot of people are beating a dead horse, okay? They are trying to bring forward an idea that's basically run out of gas, okay? It ran out of gas, you know, a long time ago, and they're almost pushing the car, okay? (laughs) trying to get it and to keep it going. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about that you have to move out of your comfort zone, okay? And, you know, look for different customers. Maybe your client today or your market today is not the market or client that was good for you 10 years ago. Yes, and I'm sure that, Given the current situation, maybe your clients may be looking for something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And they're coming, in my specific case, they're coming from different parts of the world. Okay. Um, You know, when I speak to a landlord in Italy, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because they'll say to me, well, where is your client from? Oh, are they American? And I always say, no, that's not the expat anymore. Okay. You know, the world has really changed and other economies have really grown a lot and they have some very powerful companies and these companies are moving people around the world. And so I think it's, really important for us to make that mental jump, okay? And I think that's hard for a lot of people, okay? When you've had a winning formula, it's, it's, it's challenging to admit to yourself that the formula is tired, okay? And so you might 
have to completely reinvent what you're doing. Um, that's where you've got to look at what you do well. Okay. Um, it, it's an interesting question because a lot of the time when I ask people, what do you do well? They don't really have an, uh, um, a concise answer. Have you found that? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, because very often they are uh, focusing on what they sh should do. <laughs> and what you, your shoulds are not necessarily what you do well. But maybe because this is the way I've always done things or because this is, you know, the standard way the industry does things, but it's not what you do well. And also, sometimes what we're doing is the result of what we were told we should do to make money. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, and that's not necessarily the way to go now. Okay. Um, you know, I used to work with an accountant at one time. And when I used to talk to him, his, his eyes used to light up when he talked about numbers. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, I like numbers too, but not to that degree. Okay. <laughs> and I, I, I could feel the passion and that's what people have to feel from you. You know, you can tell when someone really loves what they do. Okay. Um, and they're your core skills. Okay. They're the skills that you have that other people may not be able to do. And they, and they are what you need to concentrate on to monetize um, your services or your products. Yes, because it's what makes you unique and different from other people who are doing, you know, maybe the, 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 who are offering the same kind of services that you are offering. And it's you and people, you know, chooses people choose you because of your uniqueness yeah i mean people yeah. said that to me when i left let's call it the generic global mobility and i moved more into a vip type of service you know people said to me you're crazy i mean you should be taking down your prices not putting them up okay and i said you know there are people that buy a handbag for 48,000 euros, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's all in the quality of the service, the positioning of the service, and the most important part, which is delivering the service to the right client, okay? That's so important. And I have a question about that because you mentioned, you know, the need to pivot your business, mm -hmm. especially now that things are suddenly changing. We are always changing. Uh, it's part, you know, of uh, being uh, human beings living on this planet. I mean, we are 
constantly changing and progressing, etc. But of course, this is a new situation, as we were saying, um, that will change many, many things. And so it, it's necessary for us to pivot our businesses a little bit. So you did that before COVID. You know, you started offering VIP services sure. before the uh, corona situation. Um, did you decide to do that because that was something that your clients were asking about? Did you see there was a, uh, a trend or you wanted, you know, to niche down to, you know, a more specific niche? So what was the driver that in a way, you know, brought you to pivot your business? I think the, the thing that moved me in that direction was that what I could see was happening in global mobility, but not just global mobility, is that it was all becoming about price, okay? And the problem with that is there's always somebody who's going to promise to do more for less. And then what happens is you are on a race to the bottom, okay? The only way that you can get the business is through price, okay? And I just felt, I, I compared it to being in a very crowded swimming pool, okay? And I could barely breathe, okay? And I just felt, okay, it's time to step back. It's time to look at what I want to do. And I want to work with clients that don't only look at the price, okay? Now, Paula, here I want to bring up a very important point, which is there's a big difference between a price question and a price objection, okay? A client or a prospect can ask you a question about the price, okay? But they're not necessarily objecting to it. They just want more information, okay? Yeah. They want to know what the price covers yeah. and what it includes and what yeah. they're getting, Okay, yeah. so nice. mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, going back to the example of the 48,000 euro handbag, okay? A question around that will be, well, um, why? Why is it that expensive? And then they explain to you the craftsmanship and the time that it goes into buying it. The price objection is when they say to you, okay, but I can go down the street and I can buy a similar bag for 400 euros, okay? And then that's when you have to open up the dialogue with the client or the prospect and say, well, why do you think they can provide the bag or whatever for that price? And it opens up a dialogue that very often gets you on the track with the client where you need to be. Okay, um, you know it, it. It's like uh, coaching. I mean, I, I, you know, I almost prefer to use the word consulting. I consult with people. Okay, because coaching has become this buzzword. Okay, everybody's a coach. Okay, you've got a coach to the coach. Okay, who's a coach to the coach? I mean, it's it's a crazy sector. 
Okay. It's a beautiful concept, but it's, you know, it's become a little bit, how, what's the word? Mudded. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, the, it's, it's the crowded swimming pool. Yeah. Okay. And again, you know, you have to step back and you have to say to yourself, okay, who do I want to coach? Who is my client? Okay. And I think this is where a lot of people make the mistake. Okay. They haven't really identified who is their ideal client. Okay. Because there's the fear to miss out. Well, they don't, they don't know how to do it. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, um, when, when you are coming into the market with a product or a service, you need to know who you are selling to. Okay. Um, if you look at, um, Toyota, okay. They know very well who their client is and they advertise on the mediums where their client is. Okay. And, I think that this is where a lot of people get lost. They don't really sit down and say, okay, who is my client? Okay. Um, I was talking to a person recently and she said, well, I'm a coach for, for women. Okay. I said, well, that's good. That's half the population of the world. So there's a large client base. Okay. But I said, but what women? And that's where I could see she got into difficulty because her, it was like a Facebook ad in that she was sort of aiming the ad at everybody. Okay. And so the the result was going to be very minimum because within the group of women, you have a lot of different kinds of women. Okay. Are you coaching to women just starting out? Are you coaching to women who have reached a certain level and need to talk, you know, at a higher level? There's a lot within that group. And so for me, I looked around and I thought, okay, I know who I want to work with. I want to work with people that understand, uh, a white glove service, they understand that that has a certain cost. And that's who I need to be around. Okay. And that leads me into another thing that we can be doing, which is the proper networking. Okay. Oh, you have to have me back for another episode because this I could talk about for years. Okay. That's that, you know, that's already in my diary. So another episode on networking. I love that. But I love just that. to give your audience a few little gems that's connected to the ideal client. Okay. You cannot go to networking events where you do not find your ideal client or you are around people that where they're all trying to sell. There's nobody buying. 
Have you ever been to one of those? I think <laughs> I think we all have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so so you have to say to yourself, okay. And it's not easy to do at the beginning because, you know, um you don't want to be rude to anybody or anything, but you have to ask yourself. You say, okay, is this go is this going to be where I'm going to meet my ideal client? Okay. I mean, if you're a hairdresser slash beautician, you need to network at events where this is very important to people, okay? Um, If not, you're going to walk out the door very um, disillusioned, okay? And I think that the quality of your networking leads to the quality of your client, okay? Um, and you have to get very clear about how you run your business, okay? And that you are not for everybody. You're not. Exactly. If you're trying to market to everybody, you are marketing to nobody, okay? Exactly. I, I, I totally agree. And the networking is extremely important because I believe in the virtual world. I think we can do a lot online. Um, but there's nothing like a face-to-face meeting, okay? I mean, you and I have met face-to-face, okay? Oh, yes, yes. And while this is a pleasant conversation that we're having today, it doesn't come close to when you and I have met in person, okay? And so once this COVID-19 has passed, um, getting out and networking with the right people has to be a part of no more, and no more business as usual. Mm -hmm. You've got to network, but you've got to do quality networking. Okay, no going to meetings where there is um, nothing going on. Okay, and you know, it was, I mean, there are a lot of funny stories about that. I mean, people going to events. Um, I think it was a friend of mine, and she went to a singles event, and I think there was like 50 women and three men. Okay, so. <laughs> So, and and I assumed that she was looking for a man. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. She was looking for a woman, she oh. would have been happy. Exactly. <laughs> In her specific case, she was looking for a man, but it was, you know. So I said to her, I said, "Well, I don't think that's a great networking uh, place for you." And 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 there are a lot of cases like that. Okay, you go to a networking event, and very little comes out of it, okay? And there again, you've got to step back, ideally working in the calendar year and looking for events where you can turn up and you're possibly the only person doing what you do. But there must be must be either re- potential referral partners for you mm-hmm. Or potential clients. Or it feeds you on some level. Okay. okay? 
um, you know, I went to an event with that was put on by the banks, okay? And that's a sector that's in disruption, okay? Mm -hmm. Because people do things online. Yes. I mean, th this is a sector that will let, will start leaving a lot of people go, okay? So it's also good to go to events that are not strictly connected to what you do, mm -hmm. but you can pick up ideas, you know? And it's really good to go to events with sectors that are in disruption or are going through some kind of change. Because then you can pick up a lot of ideas and you can maybe implement them in your own business. And I think that in all of this challenge that we've got at the moment, these are the things that I think people really should be concentrating on. And I think if you do a little bit of this each day, it will take you towards where you need to go. But you've also got to have the courage sometimes to say, this isn't working anymore. Okay? No, and uh, as we said also in our conversation mm -hmm. for this uh, podcast episode, uh, understandably, uh, people were very focused on the emergency and how to get the uh, funds that the government was uh, making available. It's all understandable, but it's not enough. I mean, it is very important, as you said, to see what needs to be changed in your business and, you know, try and start making those changes and go into networking events, uh, maybe in industries that, you know, are not your own industry where you can pick up ideas this will help you also, you know, have a taste uh, of what, a sense of what is going on and so how you can pivot your business. And also you have to learn from this, really learn. Um, I went through the financial crisis in 2008, 2009, okay? And what it really taught me was that I need to be much more cash rich, Okay. And I don't mean to bring, to bring bad news, but this is not the last emergency. Okay. There's going to be another one. Okay. I don't know what shape or form it's going to take, but there's going to be another emergency. And one of the things you have to have is a financial cushion. Um, yeah. So that you can weather the storm much easier, okay? Because if you just kind of passively sit through this emergency, when the next emergency comes, you're not going to be prepared. And you're going to look, you know, and there's, I mean, it's fine to uh, take advantage of um, assistance that the government offers, Course. But what do you do if the government doesn't offer you any assistance? Okay. Um, and, you know, we could start to see that happen as governments start to, you know, reduce the money they give to people. So I think that it's teaching us to be prepared. 
It's teaching us to show up. It's teaching us to look for new opportunities. It's teaching us to tap into our core skills. And it's teaching us to increase the quality of our networking. And this is what being uh, an entrepreneur is about, after all. And like, it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, this is what I tell people, you know, being an entrepreneur, a lot of the time it requires, you know, the spirit of a warrior almost, okay? And, you know, if you don't have that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? It's, um, you know, we all have to be, um, how can I say? We have to be real with ourselves. Aware of what we want and what we are, what is important for us and what we are looking for. Because as you said, maybe, you know, I don't want to be a warrior. I don't want to be a warrior. I mean, wrong with it. I mean, I, on a very personal note, I decided a long time ago, I didn't want to be a parent. Okay. It was not an experience I wanted to have in this lifetime. Okay. And I think we have to do the same with running a business or any other choice. It's because being an entrepreneur means that you have to sometimes go inside and find that last drop of courage and energy. So true. So true. To keep going, okay? It might mean that you use your last 100 euros to buy business cards instead of buying groceries, okay? And... And this is where I want to take my hat off to you for doing your podcast, because I know the amount of work that it takes. And a lot of people talk about doing a podcast, but it, it never happens. Okay, so I want to say to you, my hat is off to you for getting those episodes out. Yeah, and you know, I had my moment <laughs> when you know, uh, moments that, as you said, you know, you can either decide that you know, you let these moments overwhelm you, or you know, you take them as lessons and opportunities and, uh, and see, you know, the, the, the changes that you want to make. Uh, this past podcast wants simply to be, you know, you know, an encouraging voice and sometimes also tough love mm -hmm. uh, so that, you know, people un un understand that it is possible to create the prosperity that you are looking for in your life. And prosperity means many different things to different people. Um, but, you know, it takes the courage to look inside yourself for the last drop of energy, courage, or whatever, honesty, to say, this does not reflect me anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And there's nothing wrong in changing what you are doing and say, you know what? I want to change business. I want to change my business because it does no longer reflect me. Or the market. Or the market has changed. Absolutely. absolutely. As you were saying about banks, probably we will have no currency as we know it anymore. You know, there will just be virtual currency and, and, and we really don't need even to step into a, a bank anymore. There are a lot of jobs, a lot of sectors that are going to either disappear or they're going to be reduced significantly. But at the same time, there will be many new jobs and sectors. Of course. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. But opportunity is, requires a lot of work, okay? And that's the part where we, you know, lose our way sometimes, okay? You know, and we live in a world now that's teaching people a lot of messages like, you can run a multi-million dollar business sitting on the sand with a laptop, okay? Or you can become an influencer overnight and you will get all these endorsements and whatever. But the fact of the matter is, Paula, is that the people who are successfully doing this, they're putting a lot of work into it. We just see the tip of the iceberg. Yes. I mean, if you're a major influencer, you have to create content Okay. And I mean, you know, we are in the, in the world now where if you don't give the hungry followers content, they unfollow you. Okay. In two seconds. Okay. Um, it's not like how it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's, it's very different now. And so people will look at say, well, I want to be an influencer. And that's fine. Today, it is a job. I mean, you can make a career of being an influencer. But you but have you, to make the effort. And you have to be putting out content that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. If people yawn, you know, when they see your content, you're not going to be very successful. Okay? I mean, it requires a lot of work. And that's where you have to be honest with yourself. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Yes, because you may, you know, not necessarily like it. Or you might just, re- you might just realize that it requires too much effort. And you don't want to do it. Yes, of course. There's and responsibility, right. because as you begin to grow, you have to start bringing other people into the picture. Okay, Mm -hmm. because I mean, at the beginning, when you start out, you are the market, you know, you're wearing a thousand hats. Okay, Mm -hmm. but at a certain point, you realize that if you want that to change and you want to grow, you have to start at least hiring contractors. Mm -hmm. Okay, if not actual employees. Okay, 
And then you start having responsibilities. Okay. You have people that, you know, say, well, where's my salary? And so it's okay to re or, or you might say, I'm just happy at this level. I don't want to go beyond this. Okay. That's fine. And that's, you know, that's absolutely fine. And I think that that's why it's good to encourage people to, to think and to go on that road of, of, of self-discovery and help them to understand that it may not be for them. They may have to change completely, or they might actually be doing something that is really working very well. They just have to get the numbers up even more. So I think we've given your audience yes, yes, a few is, things to think about. Yeah, good food for thought. Uh, so just to wrap up, what is a message that you want to uh, leave my audience with? The message that I would leave your audience with is you have the power to do whatever that means to you. Okay. If that is to sit and binge watch Netflix all the time, you have the power to do that. Okay. If you want to build a multi-million dollar Euro business, you also have the power to do that. The, the choice is, is, is ours essentially. And I, and what I would like to leave your audience with is the best way to diminish fear and panic is action. Okay. Yes. So important. It is not enough, you know, to say, I want to do that. So I have read about this very cool thing that I can do. You have to do it. You, you have to do Act. it. And, 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 and I mean, it, would, it can happen to all of us that one day we wake up and we kind of feel, oh my God, the business is, you know, it needs to do better. It needs to generate more funds. But the only way that that happens is you start putting things into action. And, but you're not going to get the tree tomorrow if you plant the seed today. I went to an event in Vienna. I think it was maybe four or five years ago. And it's today that I'm, nice. getting, I'm getting the results of yeah. going yeah. to that event. So, yeah. so, so the message is act. 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 Think of, you know, how you can pivot your business if you are in business so that you can serve your customers better uh, in a more authentic way and, you know, giving them what they, they really need. Be very clear about who you want to serve. And remember that we, I mean, change is constant we are constantly called to changes in life and in business. And so take these changes as opportunities. Absolutely. And on that, on that note, I thank you so much. Thank for, you, Paola. For your time, for all the very interesting uh, insights and uh, experience that you, share, that you shared with me and your audience. And remember, we have another appointment Okay. On networking. On networking. 
Okay, thank you Paula. Thank you so much. Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, can we get some of that, too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. 